This is episode 25.3 of Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible, a new, much funnier translation of the entire Hebrew Bible written by me, David Tuckman, coming to you from my living room, slickly edited over some room tone to make it sound like I'm whispering to you before the show. Each month on the show, a guest joins me to read as much of the Old Testament as they can while I make fun of it. This time around, I'm joined by Rishi Groner as we read Come, a.k.a. Bo, the third portion in the book of Exodus, which I like to call Names. The next live show will be at Beauty Bar in New York City on November 24th with Michael Schreiber at 7 p.m. and online soon after. Enjoy. Previously in the Bible. One of Jehovah's messengers appeared to Moshe as a mass of flame inside a bush. All the water in the river turned to blood. Aaron brought forth the frogs and covered Mitzrayim. All the dust in Mitzrayim became life. A great swarm came to Pharaoh's house. All the livestock of Mitzrayim died. Festering, pus dripping, bloody boil, flowering forth <laughs> on man and animal. Fire torched the ground and Hashem rained hail on Mitzrayim. In the morning, the wind brought the locusts. They covered Mitzrayim. A gloomy darkness enveloped all of Mitzrayim for three days. You'll take the blood and put it on the two doorposts. Oh man. Hashem struck all of Mitzrayim's firstborns in the middle of the night. For thousands of years, we've been under the impression the Bible was meant to be taken seriously. Finally, a new translation that'll change all that. This is Oh My God, What the Fuck Bible! <laughs> in which Jehovah repeats the rules of Pesach, episode 1243 to 1251. All right. This is the rule of the Pesach, Hashem said to Moshe and Aaron. Don't talk about Pesach. <laughs> no son of a Gentile can eat it. What about his father? He's also the son of a Gentile. Good point. Mm. This makes me so uncomfortable. Circumcise any slave who's been bought for silver before he can eat it. I think that means that, like, if you're down to be part of it, you're more than welcome. Yes. But you have to get circumcised. Well, you have to like opt in. Like you, there's right. an element of buy-in required, right. whether or not it's a full circumcision. Okay. I just feel like we don't want to be all exclusive because right. we've been excluded before, right? Well, there, it, it seems like there's a concept here um, of this being like how to join the group because um, you circumcise yourself. It's like the two condition things. of you, entry. Yeah, you circumcise yourself and also you make the Passover sacrifice. So like, there's that the um, punishment for not doing it is kare, right? Which is your cut off, we kept saying your soul is cut off from the rest of Israel, which I guess sometimes is translated, it's considered like the worst punishment, your soul is just erased. You, you right? You float. Around. But if you just, I mean, the way you're that I've translated you're an Right. The so way that I've translated it, just kind of like your soul is cut off, you're removing yourself from the group. If you don't take part in this, you're not part of the group. Yeah, I think we talked about this once, that this is like my whole notion of Judaism. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Feel better. Okay. Yeah. Um, but also I was thinking that maybe it's kind of like the bonus, like you get circumcised and then you're on a lot of pain meds and then you eat a really good schwab. And then you get a free... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a traveler or a hired worker cannot eat it. It will be eaten in one house. Don't take any of the meat outside that house. Again, sustainability, this is great. Mm -hmm. And don't break a bone in it. Oh. Everyone in the community of Israel will do this. Yeah, I don't think any of these rules are followed today, but okay. But we eat a lot of shawarma. So we do eat a lot of shawarma. Just like the Avengers. A male convert who lives with you must be circumcised before he can come close to and make a Pesach to Hashem. Then he will become a native of the land. All right, it's the injunction yeah, ceremony. Yeah. I got it. Nobody uncircumcised can eat it. No men, at least. I hope. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> there will be one law for the native and for the convert who lives with you. Okay, so like, if he lives with you, he's bought in. Yeah, he's, he's a convert. This is actually a, a verse that is cited often 
um, to, to, to prove that converts to Judaism should be treated just as everybody else. There's one law for the native and the convert. Yeah, there's right. one law for everybody. Well, it's like we say that, like, it's, it's in all the things about the Shabbat, the Sabbath as well. It's always like, and you will all celebrate, including your maid servants and the mm-hmm. convicts and the strangers. Like, everyone's in on this together. Right. So I like that, because I don't like to discriminate. Yeah. All right. Um, all of the sons of Israel did as Hashem commanded Moshe and Aaron. That's what they did. Yep. In the middle of that day, Hashem took the sons of Israel out of Mitzrayim in their legion. For the third time. That's chapter 30. We're out. We just have one chapter left. Chapter 31, in which God has some more weird rules, and these are even stranger. Exodus 13.1 to 13.16. Have we actually left Egypt? Because I want to do, like, you know, Dino and Witch is dead. Uh, that, that's next month. I'm oh, sorry. damn. I'm going to read this. I'm going to tell you something really strange about this. Okay. Sanctify every firstborn to me, okay. Hashem said to Moshe to say. This is because they didn't die, right? He's like, here's, here's the gift. Right. The first man, an animal that separates a womb mm. in the sons of Israel, is for me. And they're all like, I don't know about this. I think we're going to go back to Egypt. Uh... Remember this day, Moshe said to the nation. It's when we were taken out of Mitzrayim, the house of slavery. Well, if you didn't write House of Bondage, because it's a great Haggadah read. Oh, yeah. The House of Bondage. The House of Bondage. On this day, you will not eat leaven. We said this already. Yes, we did. (laughs) You're catching on. (laughs) (laughs) Because Hashem took you out with a strong hand. Mm -hmm. There's a great Jewish music around this. Today, you are leaving in the month of spring. Um, Spring's not a month, but okay. When Hashem takes you to the land of the Kanani, the Chiti, the Amori, and the Chivi, and the Yavusi, there were like four other nations. Yeah, but they just you got tired of saying that. Maybe they hadn't settled in nomadic tribes. I know there was a Rashi about this, but I was like, I don't care. So Amori, Chizi, Yavusi, Gagashi. I know the Gagashi pieced out. They went to Africa. I know that that bit. Um, The land flowing with milk and honey. You will perform this service in this month. For seven days, you will eat matzah. See, we do that even outside the land of milk and honey. Mm-hmm. The seventh day will be a festival for Hashem. Wait, the first day was a festival the last time around also, but okay. I think it doesn't... I'm really... like looking to see the bit that I'm missing. Yeah. No. Nope. No. No. You'll eat matzah during these seven days. Okay. You will not see leaven or risen food in your borders. If I see a single grain of yeast, so help me. And you'll say to your sons on that day... Uh, not, daughters. <laughs> not daughters, never daughters. Oh my god. That's like totally my camp. Oh, this is another one of the, of the, of the big Jewish yes. quotes. Okay. Because of this, God, Hashem did this to me when I left Mitzrayim. So this makes sense because these people literally left Mitzrayim. Also, Yehovah did it so there would be a holiday, I guess? That's the point? Sure. It's funny because before when he was trying to leave, he was like, we're going to go all this together, our sons and our daughters. And I was like, I know, and now it's just your the sons. sons. Yeah. Like, the daughters are too busy. They're busy cooking that matzah. Yeah. <laughs> Roasting that meat. You will, because, and you'll say to yourself, this is like a big, this is where we're, we're in hardcore dogma right yeah. here. Because of this, Hashem did this to me when I left Mitzrayim. You will have this as a sign on your hand. And as a remembrance between your eyes. So this is one of the biblical sources for tefillin, the phylacteries that uh, religious Jews hang between their eyes and wrap around their arms. Um, because uh, I guess you can't possibly take this as a metaphor. I love tefillin, I won't tell you. 
<laughs> you can do it. I think to film are awesome. No, I don't want to put them on myself. Yeah. I feel there's a lot of logistics required that yeah. we we'll figure out. I didn't, I didn't learn know how to tie my shoelaces until I was at 12, so. <laughs> I could probably fail. The law of Hashem will always be in your mouth because Hashem took you out of Mitzrayim with a... Mighty hand. You will watch over this decree at its appointed time every year. This is straight up I gotta read. Mm -hmm. When Hashem brings you to the Canaanite land he's promised to give you and your fathers, you will give every first separation of a womb to Hashem. Sure. You'll also give every first male carving from an animal to Hashem. Uh, I don't know what that means, but okay. This is that thing I was telling you about. Yeah. Every first donkey should be redeemed with a lamb. Oh, what? That might be what they did. Yeah. They like switched. They redeemed the donkey with a lamb. If you don't, yeah. you must break its neck. Okay. They like breaking necks of animals yeah. in the Bible, hey? Every male firstborn of a man must be redeemed. Don't break their necks. What, um, if, you're, what if you're a firstborn of a woman? I don't understand. I don't know. And um, how do you know who's firstborn of a man? I don't know. I have so many questions. But this is, but this is where the, the tradition of redeeming the firstborn comes from. Uh, the firstborn of a family, me, um, is typically, I guess, given to the Kohen, given to the priest. Did they put you on a silver tray? I think they did. They put me as a baby at 30, surrounded by at 30 days old. Surrounded by bling. Pimped I was out. traded for, for like some pieces of some like Kennedy dollars that I still have in my possession somewhere. They gave them back to you and you meant to give it to a Kohen yeah, they and let them keep it? I guess they give it back eventually. So I guess technically I belong to a Kohen right now. <laughs> Pretty much. We'll find your owner after the show. Tomorrow when your sons ask, what is this? You will say, Hashem took me out of Mitzrayim from the house of slaves with a... This is another drinking hand. Strong, strong hand. hand. When Paro, stubborn, refused to send us, Hashem killed every firstborn man and animal in Mitzrayim. That's why I sacrifice every first male womb breaker and redeem every firstborn son to Hashem. Mm -hmm. This will be a sign on your hand and a mark between your eyes. Because Hashem took us from Mitzrayim with a... Strong hand. So again, this is for tefillin. There's a Hebrew word here, uh, like totafot, that maybe means straps, but it's more likely figurative that it's strapped to your soul or to your, your, your mind. Um, I... I Apparently, according to the concordance that I've been using, it was originally figurative, understood as figurative, and then later became literal as to fill in more developed. Anyway, anyway, that's chapter 31. That's Parsha. That's the Parsha Cub. So, um, Lucy. Sorry, I have to apologize. Um, we're running out of room on the recorder, so we're gonna have to like speed through it a little bit. Oh, God, anyway, I knew this would happen to me. Now is the point, the part in the show where we get to our Devar Torah, which literally means Torah words. So the question I have for you is, can you sum up everything that we just read into a single word? I mean, if I'm thinking about where it sits in the long term, I'd go with like freedom or redemption because that's kind of what it is. But freedom has a lot of interesting connotations here because. There's a lot of rules involved in that, in that notion of freedom. Yeah. But I kind of like it because one of my impressions, and I think that as Jews we all have a bit of Stockholm syndrome, um, because you know we were all brought up with like a very, you know, with, with with certain, within a certain framework and certain boundary, and I think that that, like I've okay, so one of the one of the primary concepts that I've always learned about about coming out of Egypt is that like the word Mitzrayim, and we keep saying Mitzrayim, which I like, yeah. means Mitzar, boundary. Okay. And the idea of going out of Egypt is that you're breaking through your boundaries. And that's what Passover is, you know, now as it's celebrated. So I like this because even though there's a lot of very 
strange practices and rituals in there. It's basically a framework that was given for taking all the traditions and all the things that happen that translate and pass down to all this time and then gives us that framework to fully express ourselves as Jews going forward, even if they are some really weird-ass rituals. Yes. So I like that. So I think it actually is freedom in that way, kind of like when it's a lot easier to pick what you want to wear to work when you only have two outfits than when you have ten. <laughs> okay. So it might be a bit Stockholm syndrome but I think that you know it's also giving you that kind okay. of different way of, of experiencing a life. A different kind of boundary. Yeah, I like it. Um, my word was uh, finally, because um, God has been promising to take the Jews out for the past four months, and it finally freaking happens. We can move on to the next story. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of it because we, we have to run out, so we're going to have a conversation afterwards. If anybody in the audience has a Devar Torah or a Torah word they want to share with us, I'd love to hear it. And if you're listening to this online and you want to share something with me, that would be awesome. Rishi, is there anything you want to plug or anything you want people to check out online about you? That is such a good question because just yesterday I decided that I'm starting a new music blog. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be music for real people or what real people say about music. I don't have a name for it yet. What <laughs> I do, it'll be up on the link with whichever this podcast is. Because basically, music blogging has disappeared with its head of its own um, proverbial behind these days. And I really don't appreciate that. I think when we listen to music, we want to know how it's going to make us feel mm -hmm. when we think about it. So I'm going to be writing about all the awesome music that I see around this wonderful city, especially people from my home country. Mm -hmm. um, so not Taylor Swift. I heard there's a new Taylor Swift album today, and it's not on Spotify, and I'm sad about it. Oh, no. I'm really sad about it. Um, so yeah, so um, I will be writing a music blog. I also write for the AU Review, and I occasionally write for uh, Juicy, where this wonderful podcast will be put, and whose lovely lady's right here in front of me. And, <laughs> and she's about um, to get her t-shirt. I'm going to be writing for a lot of people in the near future. It's going to start happening again. Awesome. Oh, and follow me on Twitter. Yes. What's and your Instagram? What's your Twitter handle? Rishi, R-I-S-H-E-G, like G-E-E. -E. Okay, Rishi G. Um, as always, the podcast is on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, OMGWTF Bible, or OMGWTF Bible, Tumblr, the website. And listen, as always, on Stitcher, iTunes, podcast app. Share the show, please. And rate us, rate and review us on iTunes. It really, really helps. I want to thank audio engineer John Passaro. Um, <laughs> Beauty Bar for letting us do this. Please buy some more drinks after the show ends so they let us do it again. And please eat some pizza. There are three boxes that I have to take home. Give it up for Rishi Groner, our guest tonight. And thank you for listening and for coming out. And be sure to join us next time for a Beauty Bar on November 24th with Michael Schreiber at 7 p.m. And then at the Limud Conference in Warwick, England with Who Knows at Who Knows, but especially on November 4th. Because next time in the Bible... More death. Woo! Woo! Woo!